Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99. At participating U.S. restaurants, price may vary. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to Busted Opens, the Masters Class. You hear the Masters Class that drops each and every Sunday on the Busted Open Podcast. We want to hear from you. Please give us a five-star rating and comment. Also, if you like what you hear on the Busted Open Podcast, why don't you subscribe to our show on Sirius XM Fight Nation, channel 156, 9 a.m. to noon Eastern time, Monday through Saturday. And here we are with our master's class, our masters of the ring, the world's strongest man, a world champion in not one, not two, but three different sports. Mark Henry joins us. And, of course, WWE Hall of Famer, TNA Hall of Famer, the most decorated tag team wrestler of all time, Bully Ray. And since, here, gentlemen, we just finished with NXT's version of Halloween Havoc, Yesterday, why don't we get into some of the best or maybe even worst moments in Halloween Havoc history? I know we have some of our favorite moments, matches, and events. So, Mark, when you think of Halloween Havoc, what's the first thing you think of? You know what, Dave? The the number one thing that I think of is not just an individual match. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the whole spinning the wheel like a game show. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know about you, but I grew up watching uh, soap operas with my grandmother, going to wrestling with my grandma, and the game shows, like The Price is Right and stuff like that, always uh, was a big deal to me and, and to us and, and brought us together, no matter what age group you were in. When I got that in wrestling, it was, it was a game changer for me. Because I would sit up like, you know, how you, you rub your hands yep. and you're like, oh, shoot, like what's going to. And, and when that wheel started going and it would end on, you know, a steel cage match or it would end up in a strap match or a dog collar match or a coal miner's glove, you know, you know, first blood, I quit, whatever it is. It was so many options that made me as a fan of pro wrestling and a fan of game shows. I mean, it smacked them both together. And I like the newer version. Just a year ago, uh, having uh, Chauncey Blackheart uh, be the host and, and the spinning the wheel, spin the wheel and make a deal. Like, I love the hell out of that. And uh, Shotzi, Blackheart. Yeah. <laughs> you know. No, I, but, but Mark, I, I, I think it's significant in a way that 
I think with now this this past uh, Saturday, Halloween Havoc, I think it was the third Halloween Havoc under the NXT banner. I think that as in total, this has been the 15th uh, Halloween Havoc. Shotzi, once again, uh, was the host uh, for Halloween Havoc. And you went back to 1992, which was the first ever uh, spin the wheel, make the deal, which, which was between Jake the Snake Roberts and Sting, which was the coal miner's glove. And by the way, I have to correct you about one thing, Mark. At least to my mom, it wasn't soap operas. It was her stories. So it was never referenced as soap operas. My mom always said, I got to go watch my stories. I I would hear soaps. Okay, soaps. Okay. Bully. I would never, nobody ever said soap opera. I've never heard anybody describe it as a soap opera. They would always say the soaps or the stories. I don't remember what my grandmother called it, uh, but if you're asking me about my favorite Halloween Havoc moment or show or um, anything in particular, it will always be Halloween Havoc 89 from Philadelphia. The main event was that Thunderdome cage with Sting and um, Sting and uh, Flair versus the great Muda. And Terry Funk. Yep. And I'll never forget uh, at the top of the Thunderdome cage before the match even started, one of the piece of cloth that was on top of the of the cage caught on fire because some of the sparks that were coming out through the pyro while they were lowering the cage caught the cloth on fire. And everybody in the arena is like, you know, wow, something actually caught fire. And the great Muda climbs to the top of the cage and puts out the fire by spraying the mist. And I thought that was one of the coolest things that I had ever seen. Um, and that entire show to me was so memorable for many different reasons. Being that it was in Philadelphia, for me, this is the first time as a wrestling fan, I started to see the tide turn in the wrestling business. And it's no, uh, you know, it's no coincidence that it happened in Philly that night, that Philly crowd was so on fire. They were so raring to go. It was almost like they might've been into the heels a little bit more than the baby faces, or they saw through the talent a little bit more than they ever had. And what was extremely memorable was the response to the fabulous Freebirds and the dynamic dudes, the Freebirds, Michael PS Hayes and, uh, uh, Jimmy Garvin at the time, who were the the most flamboyant version of the birds at the time, come out and the place is going crazy for them. They're popping like crazy. As a matter of fact, wait, the dudes came out first. It's Johnny Ace and it's Shane Douglas and they're uh, and I think they're with Cornette at the time. And they come out and they're on their skateboards and their skater attire and everything. And they get booed out of the building. Philadelphia wants nothing to do with these skater pretty boys, the dynamic dudes. And then the Freebirds music hit and they're, you know, and and Jimmy Garvin and Michael Hayes are doing their thing. They come to the ring and Philadelphia is on fire for these guys. They love them. They're popping like crazy. And when the Freebirds go over in the end with a heel finish, crowds popping. So that's some of the memorable things. And then who can ever forget? Probably one of my favorite entrances in the history of professional wrestling, right up there with any other, right up there with an Austin entrance or a Sandman entrance or or whoever entrance. 
was the Road Warriors entrance when they took on um, the um, when they took on Spidey and uh, Spidey and uh, Vicious. They were the the, the the Twin Towers or whatever the hell they were called. But the the way that they they had the 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 Warriors position, they were rising up on a platform on an entire stage of Precious Paul and the smoke and Jr. saying. They are arriving from the dungeon, so to speak. I'm getting goosebumps right now just talking about it and seeing the Warriors come to the ring. After the entrance, the match was the shits, but it was one of the best entrances. It was the best entrance. It was a pretty simple entrance, but it was so cool to see the way they rose up on the stage, the smoke, the pop, the circumstances, because you could just hear like in JR's voice and Dave, who was with JR? Is that Bob Cottle at the time? It was Bob. I'm, I'm pretty sure it was Bob Cottle. I'll double check yeah. that. I'm pretty sure you're right about Bob Cottle. You could just hear in their voices that these are the road warriors. This is the greatest tag team that has ever existed. And we're about to see a war between uh, these four men. It was the skyscrapers. That was Spivey and Vicious, the skyscrapers. So yeah, Halloween Havoc 89, lots of memorable moments for me. And um, I'd love to know what the nation thinks about that particular pay-per-view. If you've never seen it before, go back and check it out. It's uh, it's one hell of a show. Oh, and Bruno. And Bruno was the referee. Bruno, the special guest referee. And like to the thought of Bruno being in a WCW or, you know, ring, just unheard of. He was a special guest referee and the, the finish was so unique to that match because I guess they match. wanted, yeah, huh? It was the Thunderdome match. Yeah, the finish of the Thunderdome was so unique. I think they wanted to protect. They, they wanted to protect the heels. They wanted to protect Muda, and they wanted to protect Funk. Nobody was going to get pinned. Nobody was going to get submitted. So Gary Hart goes to come in the ring to interfere, and he's holding like a white towel. He's got a white towel with him. And when he goes to interfere, interfere, boom, Bruno pops him with a right hand and the, the towel goes flying and lands on Bruno's shoulder. So Bruno thinks that Gary Hart threw in the towel for his team. They call for the bell. And I remember saying, that's a right hand from Abruzzi, Italy. And just, <laughs> I, can rem- I can remember the announcers. That's how memorable that pay-per-view was. It's, to so, me. it's so funny. Because, you know, as you're talking about it, it's funny how when it comes to pro wrestling, you forget about certain things and then it comes to mind. You know, in 1989, that was definitely a transitional year for pro wrestling. And you're right about the heels, especially in Philadelphia, getting cheered more than the baby faces. And and it's funny because you asked about who were the commentators for that. And right away, I'm thinking Gordon Soley, but I didn't remember Gordon Soley. Gordon Soley was actually a backstage interviewer. And that's when I, I remember as a fan thinking, all right, his career must be winding down because they didn't, they didn't have him as one of the commentators. It was Bob Cottle and Jr. and, and Gordon Soley was in the back uh, doing interviews. And bet you're right. That was definitely a memorable show. Halloween Havoc 89. Go ahead, Bart. Bully. It's, it's funny to me that like, um, it's no secret to how big a fan you were of tag wrestling and the Warriors and how that influenced you and, and, and the guy you became, but how memorable and how each description of the way the entrance was and the way the match was, you said the match was the shits, but, it, but you, the finish and everything, 
I was the same way with the big guys. I wanted to see Andre. I wanted to see Big John Stud. I wanted to see Hogan. Like if if Bam, I told you, Bam Bam Bigelow influenced me a lot. I studied Bam Bam his repertoire. I could do everything but the cartwheel. I, and I tried it. Don't think for one second that I didn't fucking get in there and try to do a cartwheel. I busted my ass and I never did it again. But it's 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 always cool to me that people identify with something specific. Dave said in a in a in a in a on a show recent, he didn't he didn't think, oh, I'm gonna be a pro wrestler. He saw the guys with the cameras. And he wanted to, he wanted to, he wanted to do that. He wanted to be the commentator. Like he found what he loved and he ended up being we all are products of the environments that we brought up in in pro wrestling. Is that not crazy? And, no, but that, I think that's just life in general. You're going to you're going to re- you you find something that you can relate to and you figure out a goal and then you try to achieve it. It's funny cuz you know, Bully's talking about the match itself. Um, you know, with the road warriors and the skyscrapers and, and, and going back and thinking about that match. I don't remember that match being the shits. Like, it's funny. Like I, I look back and I'm sure if I, w- I went back and I watched it now, bully, I probably think that, but I don't remember thinking that when I first saw it back in 1989. Uh, and you know what? I'm probably being a little bit too harsh when I call it the shits, but when you go back and you watch it now, it's your typical, you know, big man match. Like who the hell is even selling in that match between the road warriors, Spivey and, you know, Sid Vicious. Everybody's, you know, protecting themselves. I guess if I went back and watched it again, I I probably wouldn't say the shits, but it's it's the entrances of that match that was so memorable. And seeing Spivey and Vicious walking to the ring, I mean, those are big, big Big men. Thus the name, the skyscrapers. And then obviously, you know, the Road Warriors entrance was just, it, it, it was so beautiful in its simplicity. Mark, you talk about Bam Bam, and I've told this story before, Bam Bam taught me how to lace my boots. I'm I was 402 pounds. It's uh 1990 uh 19 probably 96 and I used to pick my I used to put one f- foot up on a chair to lace my boots. And then I'd put my my foot down and then I'd pick my other foot up onto a chair to lace my boots. And Bam Bam says, "Marcus, come over here." Now my name is not Marcus, it's Mark. And nobody's ever called me Marcus before, but he would call me Marcus. He goes, Marcus, come here. Let me show you how a big man laces his boots. And he said, stand up and lean all your weight down into the boot and then pull the laces. This way you're getting them as tight as possible. This way, if anything ever happens, you have good support around your ankles. And On April 13th of 1997, at the very first ECW pay-per-view, barely legal, five minutes into the match, I shattered my ankle. I finished the rest of the match on a shattered ankle. I took the Eliminator's finish on a shattered ankle. And it's because of the way Bam Bam taught me how to lace my boots that got me through that match. Because the boot was so tight that it kept the shattered ankle compressed. And I kept that boot on until I got to the back, until I got to the ambulance, until I got to the hospital. 
And then they finally cut the boot off or took the boot off. And that's when the ankle just, you know, exploded. But it's wow. the way I, I have, I carry three mass cards with me at all time on the road. My mother, my father, and Bam Bam Bigelow. That's an Damn. amazing story. Thank you for sharing that. Boy, wow, that's, that's awesome. That, amazing amazing story it's gonna be hard for me to follow that up should probably have had you gone last because <laughs> um I, i'm going back uh, to halloween havoc 1994 and it's probably the no surprise uh rick flair and hulk hogan in the main event uh career on the line uh for the loser they would have to retire and a little bit of a backstory guys and you probably remember this and maybe some fans but maybe some of the younger fans don't you know, back in the day when I was reading the wrestling magazines, it was always the fantasy matchup, the dream matchup, Hogan versus Flair, Hogan versus Flair. And then when Ric Flair went to the WWF, especially after the 92 Rumble, we all thought, especially, I mean, at least I did, I thought we were finally going to get Hogan and Flair at WrestleMania. And it didn't happen. He actually split them up and went in a completely different direction. And then we got Hogan and Sid Vicious and Flair and Randy Savage, which turned out to be a great match with Flair and Savage. But it wasn't what I wanted to see as a fan. And in the WWF, all they did was like, I think it was just a series of house shows of, of Flair and Hogan. And Vince McMahon didn't feel that Flair and Hogan had good enough chemistry together to make it a main event match at WrestleMania, which, I mean, I'm sure if he could have gone back and changed one thing, it probably would have been that just for the box office alone to have Flair and Hogan. Not the case in WCW. We saw a series of matches on pay-per-view between Flair and Hogan. But at the time Halloween Havoc came in 1994, that was going to be the blow-off match. That was going to, you're going to see Flair and Hogan go in completely different directions. And you had Hogan and Flair in a cage, Rage in a cage, 1994. Uh, How about this? Jimmy Hart in Hogan's corner, uh, Sherry Martell in Flair's corner. And then you talk about special guest referees, Bully. The special guest referee was Mr. T. So it was really like those two worlds colliding. And I think, like you said, it was an end of an era, Halloween Havoc 89, when you started to see like the heels being cheered. I look at Halloween Havoc 94 as kind of like the real end of that, you know, old school Hogan and Flair and, you know, the rocket wrestling connection and everything that we got at the first WrestleMania kind of, kind of finally coming to a close nine years later at Halloween Havoc 94. Also an interesting note, Flair lost, which he usually did against Hogan. And it was Flair that had to retire. And it wasn't the match with Antonio Inoki at Collision in Korea that we saw Ric Flair back in the, back in the ring for WCW, which I think was about six or seven months after Halloween Havoc 94. But interesting piece of history when you look at Halloween Havoc 1994. And when you talk about 94, when things were starting to come to an end and you saw the gradual change beginning, that's when the whispers started to happen in the wrestling business 
that there was this thing going on in a bingo hall in South Philadelphia called ECW. So it's no coincidence that right around that same time, ECW was, you know, starting to make its name for itself. And also when you look at Hogan as well, because then, you know, that's Hogan going over from the WWF to WCW. And then a couple of years later, the change in Hogan and the complete landscape of WCW and, and the NWO. I mean, that was all, you know, within a couple of years of each other. Like you really look at that time period of the mid nineties and pro wrestling was about to have a huge change in the landscape of what pro wrestling was. And it all spawned around Halloween Havoc. All right. Well, guys, uh, it was great uh, looking back at the Halloween Havocs. I hope you enjoyed Halloween Havoc uh, this year on NXT. It's available on Peacock. And for Mark Henry, for Bully Ray and myself, if you like what you hear, again, always subscribe to SiriusXM Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to noon Eastern time. Uh, You can listen to us three hours of Busted Open, but please comment. We want to hear from you. Also, if you have some ideas about future masterclasses you want to hear, go to social media, tweet us at Busted Open Radio, but we'll talk to you next week right here on Busted Open, the master's class. Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream the podcast. Catch the full three hours of Busted Open Monday through Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern on SiriusXM Foundation Channel 156. Go to SiriusXM.com backslash Busted Open Trial to start your free trial today. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash.